All right. Press play. I did. It's one of those things. I It's only happened twice where I've we've done an entire podcast and I realized I recorded Safari and not Skype and it didn't record a single thing. Ah, so I always like to double check. <laughs> ah. It's a bad thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I can imagine. Yeah. So the uh, questions you have for me, what, what are they along the lines of? They're pretty easy. Okay. We try not to be too intimidating. And then we always ask what you were yelling at the podcast to us as you listened. <laughs> because we know that people yell at us and go, no, I didn't write it like that, or that's not what I meant. So uh, The only person I've, I've yelled at is probably Scott. So. Oh, poor Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it, it's just that he, he's, he's the resident. It was this way in the books, not this way in mm-hmm. the movie. I've run into that quite a bit, and I, I've tried to be more true to the book than the movie. So, so, a couple times he's made that statement, and I'm like grinding my teeth. And I'm like, no, I researched it, Scott. You know. <laughs> well, you can certainly say that in here, and we'll let him know. Hi. Hello. Um, two men. Oh, hello. Uh, Hold on, is... I'm getting used to my new Skype, and it's really strange. <laughs> uh, That's right. You updated your computer today. I, yeah, yesterday. So now I can see y'all's icon mm-hmm. on the left, and then my chat is on the right. Whereas I used to be able to do it split screen horizontally. This is this is going to take some getting used to. Okay. Well, yeah, I upgraded to sixty four bit, and I haven't been able to straighten my computer out yet. So mm. it's been a little bit problematic getting all my um, drivers in, in, in the right order. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, upgraded from 32-bit to 64, and it's just a nightmare pulling my hair out if I had hair. <laughs> uh, I just got pushed in an OS update, so... Oh, yes. Apple? Yeah. Yep, I just got the Yosemite, and I don't know what I'm doing. Ah, gotcha. is I that, really don't like it. Is that an automatic update, or is that something that you had to pay for? It's free. I assume it's automatic because it yelled at me for about two weeks before I finally said, all right, if it gets you to shut up, I will do whatever you need me to do. I but I really wish I hadn't. I wonder because... why it hasn't done it for me. Really weird. Um, or maybe it did, and I just don't know. What because you... Yosemite, once it updated, the... How do I explain this? Everything is more transparent. And I mean that literally. literally. Yeah, no, that hasn't happened. So I, I don't think. Do you have Maver- Maverick or whatever the heck they had bef- had me on before, or do you, are you still on Mountain Lion? No, this is Maverick because it's a new one. Stay with Maverick. Do not get Yosemite. It's awful. <laughs> okay, good to know. <laughs> I have since upgraded, and I like it just fine. Well, I've got an old G4. I've, I wanted to use it as a word processor, but it's on the previous architecture. You know, oh. when, that wasn't uh, compatible with uh, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't find anything for it. Yeah. I love, the, I love the little computer. It, I love the layout. Uh, and it's a beautiful little computer, but I just can't. You think that's it. bad? George Mar- George R. R. Martin still uses DOS. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's George R. 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 Martin. Though. He tends to be a he's kind of a stubborn little mm-hmm. so so. From all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> My Facebook feed is overrun with uh, notices about car talk. It's very sad <laughs> that the car talk guy oh, died today. Yeah. What? Which yeah. one? Tom. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah. How did I not think about that? I don't know. It's everywhere. It was well, on my I must friend of the wrong people because nobody cares on my end. Uh, <laughs> I need to tell my dad. Hold on. <laughs> we found this call from Carl in Florida. But as we were approaching, lightning struck our car. I've never heard of anything like that. No kidding. How did you know that? <laughs> I've always wanted it. was like an out of body experience. <laughs> Maybe you just hit an armadillo. No. <laughs> My wife said my mother-in-law was in the back seat. Maybe that's why the lightning struck. But anyway, <laughs> that's what the lightning was shooting for. <laughs> Tom Megliozzi there with the beard, his brother Ray. Previously on Pontific Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? <laughs> Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> no, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> 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 I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. trousers. Waterfic Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> But I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I think we please where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Mooney. And I'm Bartimus. That's right, Bartimus. I wasn't expecting that one. I was I was thinking of Bart. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. We're so happy that you are honoring us with your presence to do a little Q&A author interview. We uh, The least I can do, I haven't upgrade, updated my latest albums for like two years now. Well, so. maybe this will light a fire. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I suppose, since we don't have Trisha here, maybe we should start with the very first question that Trisha was going to ask you. Okay. What in the hell's Liam? Um, Liam is, if I continue this series, Liam's going to be pretty integral. Okay. Well, if you, you don't want to say, then that's okay. Well, the only thing I can tell you is things you probably already know. Uh, he is a ward of the state. Mm-hmm. What happened to his parents and everything surrounding that? He has a a he was homeschooled, mm. I say, uh, which explains why he has such a higher level of magical knowledge. Right. Uh, mm. But uh, he he has a lot of illegal magic knowledge. <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. So he reminds me of a certain potion master we all kind of know. Go on. Yeah, I, I guess he, he does have some very similarities to Snake, but uh, 
pretty much he's kind of got to remain a man of mystery for the time being. If I can ever finish this, uh, his story will definitely be known. But it's going to reveal itself kind of like Snape, Snape's did. Okay, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that gives us, a, a, you know, a good excuse to go and read some more of your stuff. <laughs> uh, hint, <what>? hint. Feel, feel free. <laughs> Uh, actually, Black Badger Society, it's been on hiatus for a long time. It's not that I have abandoned it completely. It's that when I go, there's a disconnection between what I'm writing and what's in my head right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the issue is, but uh, I do intend on eventually getting back to it. Uh, it's been a little difficult to get back to the uh, uh, cellar lately. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you have a, a Hufflepuff and a Slytherin on the line with you, so uh, we're both used to being down below in the be- in, in-, in the sorting ceremony, and I'm a Slytherin, actually. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would make Mooney happy. It's funny. Uh, my best, uh, one of my best friends is a. Uh, she, she's a bit of a Potter nut too, and she's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a puff, and then things happened, and I moved to a different part of the dungeons. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make mistakes often, but every once in a while. Although I am solidly a Slytherin now. And when I took the Pottermore sorting quiz, or the, the Pottermore, the Pufua sorting quiz about a year and a half ago, I was solidly a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Although Pottermore put me in Ravenclaw, I don't understand why, although I have never gotten sorted into Gryffindor. So... I don't know quite. Well, I, I admire, I, I really deeply admire Hufflepuffs. I admire that the, uh, the philosophy of Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, my, my deep disappointment with JK, if, if I have one, was that she didn't explore that world more. Mm-hmm. Right. She has a little in Pottermore, but it's not quite the same. No. Right. So. Well, yeah. I just, I read her interview, uh, about what Hufflepuff was to look like, and that's what I took. I've, I've been told that the cellar looks very much like the Hufflepuff area in Pottermore, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that you had it kind of go through the kitchens, because I liked that they were with the house elves more. That was kind of neat. Well, it seemed to me that she would be, uh, since she was the cook, and all, all her recipes are there, mm-hmm. it seems to me that that's the logical place for her to have her house uh, would be, you know, in the cellar area. Right. Uh, I, I, I found it kind of surprising that some of the reactions I got were like, you have them stuck in the kitchen? <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, and, well, and, yeah, well, we commented on the fact that the, you know, the Hufflepuffs are all probably fat because <laughs> they go through the kitchen all the time. The house shelves are always handing them food as they go in and out. Probably. Well, they don't have nearly as far to go, like in the tower and the Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. They have to run up and down all the stairs. The Hufflepuffs are rolling. Plus, dirty, the house shelf, she will pop in with snacks. Yeah. Well, plus, wasn't Helga the one who brought the house elves to Hogwarts in the first place? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Was. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, Helga's really, uh, she's a fascinating character to me. I, I, I kind of get Godric Gryffindor and I get Salazar Slithering and Rowena Ravenclaw. Uh, but she's, she's a little bit more enigmatic to me than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Because she's so inclusive, it's a little hard to, uh, get a, a read on her, uh, as it were. 
You know, because Salazar was obviously blood arrogant, and uh, Ravenclaw was obviously a bookworm, and mm-hmm. uh, Godric was the, the jock. Right. <laughs> where does that leave Helga, you know? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, Hufflepuffs, that's just, you know, that's where all the, everybody that didn't have a place could go. Right. But I think there's a lot more to Hufflepuff than that. And and I like, mm-hmm. I love that you wrote a story featuring Hufflepuff because we don't see that very often. And so oh. Oh. it was really fun to find. And I think in our forum, there was a quest going on mm-hmm. to find stories about different I think it might have been the regular trio, but I don't know, people in the different houses. Right. And I don't know how far that went. Mooney, do you know? Um, I know there was a few, or was it a, what was it? There was some quest going on. I'll go look. I know oh, I, I submitted know. a Draco as a puff story. It was, it was uh, Days of the Week. They, they were doing different oh, Days of the Week stories. Yeah. That was it, so. Are we ready for another question? Sure. So, why, and I probably know this, but we read this story a year ago, and I haven't reread it, even though I just edited everything. Yeah. So why was Farrell, am I saying that right, Farrell? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm like, I don't have the word in front of me, so I don't know if I'm saying it. Um, why was he trying to mess up the Quidditch? Was he doing it, was he doing something else? I mean, it was basically he was messing with Quidditch. Okay. They're still trying to just to figure out what Farrell was up was to. Up to? Because Albus noticed that he seemed to have a different teaching style when it came to the dueling club. Mm-hmm. His classes. Almost like that was, the dueling club was the whole point of why he was there. You know, you noticed in some of the dialogue where they were saying that they wished they had a professor that was uh, interesting in all of them instead mm-hmm. of this Thunder La Crown. Okay. And, uh, like Slughorn. Uh, right. Yeah. So you, and, and, you, and just, you just noticed, hmm? Yes, ma'am? I was going to say, and so now you've just answered my, my next question, but keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, if you did notice, he did say something along the lines of uh, Albus was going to be a jewel that he could offer to. Right. Uh, the dreamer. dreamer. Uh, so it, but what, you know, it, it stands to reason uh, that if he were recruiting in some way or shape or form for some entity, that a school would not be a bad place to do that. That's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, to get the cream of the crop of the duelers would be a good thing. Yeah. And plus, uh, who was the best uh, or the star of the uh, Hufflepuff Quidditch uh, team? Cedric. Uh, Roderick. Roderick. Roderick uh, the, the keeper. The keeper, oh, yeah. right. Close enough. <laughs> well, that definitely launched his career to win the, the cup for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might show up again later, let's just say <laughs> okay. Good to know. So then, was the golem teaching classes, or was, uh, was Farrell teaching the classes, and he just wasn't interested in class? That is, that's very possible. That it's very possible that he, uh, that the golem just do the dry theory uh, with absolutely no wand work, mm-hmm. uh, and to cover for him for when he was off doing other things. Uh, who knows, nefarious probably. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's. That's very possible. Uh, thought hadn't really, the thought had occurred to me that uh, the golem would probably be involved a lot, a lot along those lines. Mm-hmm. Like, like you were, uh, you know, one of you was, was so short it was feral, and then you saw him in the stands in the, at the Quidditch match, and you're like, oh, it can't be feral now. But yeah, 
And then later on, oh, it's, it was the golem. So yeah. I think that was Trisha. <laughs> yeah, Trisha. Yeah. Trisha's yeah. known for making predictions that don't come true, and she made a prediction uh-huh. three or four years ago that we still tease her about. Oh, <laughs> is, this, no. so, is this Pansy or Edgecomb? No, Edgecomb. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I've she, heard I've heard that reference. I was wondering what that was referring to. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like an inside joke there. Yeah, we do have a few of those. We try to keep them out as much as possible, but there there are a few that surface here and there. Well, what, what's the fun if you can't rag somebody, you know? Oh, right. And yeah. we we rag her for her name, too, because her name is Ms. Lupin, but Lupin. I call her M.S. Lupin. Ah. And gotcha. she gets mad at me and says she's not Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Well, uh, yeah, that, that's... Uh... How much was the golem? How much was uh, Farrell and uh, what the golem actually is? And what uh, what that particular? I, I guess the golem. I haven't worked out everything yet, but the golem is a sim, sim, has a similarity to a horcrux. Oh, okay. Oh dear. So, but yeah, that's so. Let's let's start magic indeed. But she was right. She was absolutely right. I was like, oh, crap, she's going to spill the beans. But <laughs> she backed off of it when she saw that, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. So, yeah. Because I had several people who were like, it's Farrell. I know it's Farrell. And then it's like, because they, they figured out Farrell was close to Quirrell mm-hmm. in the first book. And yeah. uh, I actually didn't realize that. And I was like, did I subconsciously just, you know. <laughs> I had people accusing me of ripping off the first Harry Potter book because there's similarities. There's going to be similarities in anything if you're writing a Harry Potter story. Uh, Yeah, that's silly. I mean, if you were stealing things word for word or something like that, but this is is very much a unique story. Well, I I, I really, I I wanted to come from a place, uh, you know, they say imitation is the great form Mm -hmm. of, serious form of flattery, uh, but... I was coming as a place from an imitator. I was trying to come from a place of, uh, this is her universe, mm-hmm. but this is a inspiration of it, or, uh, uh, this is where it went, you know, right. down the road, you know, this generate, this next generation. Uh, I tried to logically work out where everybody would be at that time. Like Shacklebolt becoming, uh, the Hogwarts, uh, headmaster surprised me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I generally, there's several times I would write something and then say, oh crap, I didn't, I never thought of that before. <laughs> it's, it's kind of scary when the characters kind of just take over, isn't it? It's yes, 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 yes. But I had this aha moment. Uh, you were going to ask, why did I put them in Hufflepuff? That was one of your questions mm-hmm. you were, uh, yeah. I had this, well, I had this aha moment. I was reading Next Generation Fix. Uh, some of them had them as a trio, some did not. Uh, I, but it seemed logical to me that that would be something that JK would set up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just cause she seemed to have this whole thing, a group of threes. Everybody seemed to be grouped in threes in a way. And, uh, and so, I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to group them in a three, uh, then they would have to be in the same house. And so I, I was working through the houses. I was like, Gryffindor, you know, just from reading that little bit of Albus and the last chapter of uh, The Hollows, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. did not seem like a Gryffindor to me. I mean, it, it wasn't that he wasn't bold or, or that he had a potential for be bold, but he just seemed... 
the way he lit up when he was near Rose, uh, it seemed like he got more, he got most of his energy from, from being with somebody else. Right. And then I was like, okay, uh, then I was like, Miss Scorpius, you know, what kind of per- kid would Scorpius be growing up in a world where family name were connected to Death Eaters and were considered evil gits and, you know, he grew up in a world where, uh, Malfoy was a bad word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what would that do to a kid? You know, what would that, what would that, what kind of changes would that make in him as compo- compared to Draco who thought he owned the world? Right. You know? <laughs> and I just like, okay, if I put these three together, you know, where would be a setting that would completely, totally take this in a different direction? Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I was like, I read I read a line uh, that someone said that they asked J.K. about the Huff Buff Common Room because we never went down there. Right. And I was like, the thought occurred to me, why not Hufflepuff? Mm-hmm. Because I kept I kept discounting Hufflepuff, and then I had to ask myself, why am I discounting Hufflepuff? Because it's not glamorous, it's not sexy. You know, these are earthy people. These are are cellar dwellers. You know, these are people who you know weren't picked by other houses, so you know they wound up in Hufflepuff by default. You know, and, and but then I was thinking, you know, there's some pretty pretty fabulous Hufflepuffs. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, Teddy's Tonks. Um, yeah. Yep. Cedric. Cedric. Um. Uh, I, th- I think, uh, wasn't, uh, Tonks' father? Uh, he, uh, I don't think that's canon, but I think it's fanon that he was. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I was just, I was just thinking, um, what would it mean to be a Hufflepuff? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't, re- I haven't written this yet, but there's a speech that asked, what is her name? Freya Bast. Mm-hmm. Sir Bast. There's a, there's a speech that she makes. After a Quidditch game where the Hufflepuff have just brutalized another team, and they thought that they won, and she came in and she was disappointed in them. And uh, she said, the reason I'm disappointed is because Hufflepuff's never been about beating someone else. It right. was always about us, family, you know. we that, that was the secret of Hufflepuff was that we didn't have to be the best. We didn't have, we didn't have any expectations on us, so we were allowed to be ourselves. Oh, let them have their moment of glory. <laughs> but yeah, and we said that too about Albus and Gryffindor at the yeah. end, at the the last podcast was that if Albus had ended up in Gryffindor, his brother would have made his life miserable. Yeah. And he would have had all these expectations to live up to. Right. And in sure. Hufflepuff, he got to be his own man. And yeah. mm-hmm. and we loved that. Yeah. Uh and I thought my, my, one of my favorite parts of the first book was when Scorpius realized he was a Hufflepuff, true mm-hmm. Hufflepuff. Right. Uh, because everybody, the, the sticking point for a lot of people was that Scorpius, the Malfoy, would never wind up in Hufflepuff. But, but as I wrote him, making that discovery, I was like, you know, he discovered that within himself mm-hmm. that, you know, Oh, yeah, I've got some Slytherin tendencies. You know, I'm manipulating my grandfather, but I'm manipulating my grandfather because, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, loyal to my house and I'm loyal to my friends. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, I, I, I'm still a Malfoy, but I do things for Hufflepuff reasons, you know. Well, and we've always said that Trisha was a Slitherpuff. So it's, <laughs> it's perfectly okay to have Slitherpuffs. Yeah. Cause, right. you know. Well, and, it's interesting, but I, I think when you consider the, this trio, the Tenacious Trio, is like the best part of all all four houses because mm-hmm. 
Scorpius acts more like a Gryffindor than a Hufflepuff, but he's got a Hufflepuff heart. Right. Uh, and Rose acts more like a Ravenclaw than her mother ever did. Right. <laughs> And uh, and Albus acts very much like a Slytherin. Right. But they're all three Hufflepuff at heart. So it's almost like they're the, the creme de la creme of all four houses in one little group. Well, and we all have bits and pieces of all the houses in us. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's philosophical debate, I guess, a discussion. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't want to be here all night, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, while we were talking, uh, you made me think of the gargoyles. Where did the gargoyles that were guarding Kingsley, I mean, how did you come up with that? That was so much fun. Yeah, they were fun. I, actually, there was this old cartoon called Gargoyles. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you haven't ever seen it, you need to look it up sometime. It's considered, you know, it's considered by purists to be pretty brilliant, but, uh, I remembered that there was gargoyles guarding the uh, door to Dumbledore's uh, office, and uh, and they just kind of started talking to me while I was writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, it, it was this, this this like bickering couple, you know, this bickering old married couple kind of kind of dynamic to me, you know. And and then I was trying to come up with a name, and it just came naturally, you know. You remember the show, The Odd Couple? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them was named Felix, right. And uh, it's like Felix and Felicis, you know. Uh, Felicis <laughs> could be the female name and uh, Felix could be the male name. And it just it just, it just, went from there. It was very organic how it came to be. Oh, that's uh, great. We really enjoyed them, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy writing them. They're, it's very funny. She keeps giving the word out, and he's like, I'm trying to be a gargoyle here and guard this door, and you keep giving the word out. You know? <laughs> she, she's like, oh, you're such a stuff shirt. You know, just go on up. <laughs> oh, you need to see the headmaster? No problem. <laughs> we'll stand and, aside. And that running gag thing, uh, that's one of the things I've always loved most about, like, sitcom writing is a, mm-hmm. is a running and that thing about, oh, you need new gargoyles. I know I need gar- new gargoyles, you know. Hey, mate, Kingsley, mate, you need new gargoyles, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. I've been hearing that all night. Yeah, well, I mean, he grumbled it in himself once once or twice. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I, Zaire, uh, Felicis told me, you need new gargoyles, you know. And it, it just... I, 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 when you when you're really in the pocket and you know you're writing in the pocket, you know where things are just flowing and they're so natural and they're just coming out of you. Uh, I it's I guess it's if you just want to say you're pulling it out of the ether in a way, you're channeling something. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel sometimes when I'm doing when I'm and things are coming that that well and that easily, uh, I like to say that you know I, I'm just. Uh, basically describing something somewhere that exists before me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Stephen King called it uh, unearthing a fossil. 
That makes sense. Yeah, you're, you're unearthing something. You're you're scraping away everything that's not the fossil, but it's a pre-existing thing, uh, and you discovered it, and you're, you're scraping away everything that's not it. Fascinating. And it's, you know, it's kind of like how Joe wrote Harry Potter in the first place. Yeah. You know, she said she was on the train, and this story just came to her, and she tried to find something to write it down on, and she couldn't find anything, and right. the story just ran through her head, and it's the same kind of thing, and, uh, you know, it's out there. Right. And we've exactly. read stories where, or fanfics where, you know, it's like, oh, it's all real, and it was Dumbledore putting the story in her head, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I don't discount it. Well, now Joe's officially a squib, so apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I think it was in the, oh, was it the Beetle the Bard or the, um, what's the other one? Fantastic Beasts? No, it might have been Beetle the Bard, the there where where she gets mentioned as a squib. Ah, mm. I've read all three of them. I'm I'm a Harry Potter nerd, so yeah. I That's... a friend of mine. Let's see if I can find this. Posted a uh, picture the other day, a saying kind of a thing, and it it was like if your child, it was warning signs for your child being into witchcraft. Ah. It was like. <laughs> If they believe in nature, if they want to heal animals, if they believe in equality, you know, all, just this whole list of things, uh, then your child may be a witch. And I'm like, well, by that criteria, I'm a witch. So, you know. <laughs> well, ironically, I, went, I actually got into Harry Potter as a form of uh, almost rebellion. Because, you know, at, at one time I was kind of in the hyper-conservative uh, Baptist circles. It was kind of fashionable to call Harry Potter negative and, and mm-hmm. just blah, blah. And uh, I, I, I kind of have this thing against being told what to believe, uh, which is odd for a Baptist, I guess. But <laughs> It depends on the Baptist. Well, so... Um, I just, I, I read one book, and uh, that, to give you a little bit of a backstory, uh, my parents were killed in an accident when I was young. I was raised by an aunt and uncle who weren't equipped to uh, raise children, and suddenly they had children. Uh, That's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, For everybody. Uh, well, my aunt, uh, four years after that, she dies. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's very negative, I know, but... Uh, and he remarried a woman who brought a son along with her, who was her son in Moon, uh, i.e. Dudley. And, uh, and I suddenly became the boy under the cupboard. Ooh. Uh, so I was reading Harry Potter and it was like, holy crap, this is my life story, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so amazing how many people it touches like that. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. It was, it's pretty universal. Uh, and that was one, one struggle I ran into with Albus was like, this is a child that would have grown up with a parents who were, you know, especially a father who just like, my child will never feel that way. Mm-hmm. I was like, so how can I make him sympathetic and not a little brat, you know? Right. And uh, and so people were wondering why I made uh, J- James so nasty. Well, he, that's canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty nasty in that, that chapter, you know, but. Uh, I was like, I was like, you, you got to give him something to overcome. And, uh, and I was like, I read that chapter and I was like, this is a child who's tied up in knots. This is a child who's just like, you know, must, must be, uh, worried about everything. Right. And, uh, 
and just kind of, it just kind of flowed from that. I was like, he could still be son of the most popular man in the wizard world and still be insecure. Yeah, it, as a matter of fact, he could be very insecure. It's true. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, that would be my touchstone, you know, the fact that he's so insecure, he, he's so afraid. I, I think the fact that he's so afraid of himself, I think that kind of rings true with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah. You, yeah, because you're always afraid of what you're capable of. And someone that powerful, you know, discovering he's that powerful. And it, this is a child who just wanted to be normal. Right. Uh, Sounds like somebody we know. His yeah. brother wants to be the one. Yeah, he wants to be the one. <laughs> and Albus wants to, you know, and and isn't that how life usually happens? Yeah. You know, exactly. the one that wants to be the one isn't. And the one that just wants to be the child under the stairs is the one in the spotlight. Exactly, exactly. I went and found this. It says, know the warning signs, praying for peace, honoring nature, taking part in healing ceremonies, loving animals, hope for the future, believing in racial and gender equality, not wanting to hurt anyone, building a better world, and having patience with bigots. Those are the warning signs that you may be into witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay. Oh, well. You know, that fits yeah, right in with my Harry Potterness. Not as they didn't say sacrificing small animals in, in dark woods. Or yeah, yeah. On altars. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It might be signs of Wiccan, but it's not signs of Wiccan. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah. I really believe Harry Potter is more along the lines of uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Just a magical world that exists parallel to our own. You know, you just hop on a train and you go to this castle in the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah, and, it's uh, like you switch time dimensions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you went through the looking glass, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, I mean, it's just pure escapism. Uh, I yeah. think people were kind of afraid of it because children were suddenly engaged. Right. Uh, and it was becoming like important to them. And, and I think it freaked, freaked some people out that, uh, it's like, wait a second, the Bible is supposed to be important. This is supposed to be important. But, uh, uh, I, you know, my parents were very conservative and they, but, the, but, you know, my, my dad read me the Bible at night and, uh, the children's Bible he read from did not pull punches. And so I was hearing stories of flaming chariots of fire, mm-hmm. armies dying, you know, and uh, a angel walking through Egypt in the dead of night killing the firstborn, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that much different. No. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you, you know, I, I think, I think uh, something I read uh, best kind of described it for me was, it was something that uh, C.S. Lewis, he asked J.R.L. Tolkien, the question, how did he justify writing fiction uh, with his Christian beliefs? Because fiction is basically lying. You know, it's making up stories. And J.R.L. Tolkien says it's not making up stories. It is the very distillation of truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's, that's why I view fiction is, is it takes truth and puts it in a format. It, take, it takes you out of your world and puts you in another world and... Where you can learn these lessons. Right, you know? I was going to say, and teaches you something. Yeah, it, it teaches you something. Lord of the Rings, you know, I, when I read that as a, I, 
under that is a little shaver, you know. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the very epitome of allegory. Yeah. So I think in a way, I don't set out to, I didn't set out to make uh, Albus's story uh, have some kind of morality to it or a moral, make it a tale to teach lessons or to be a touchstone for people. I just wrote it because I like the story in my head and I thought other people might like it too. <laughs> well, we definitely did. So, yeah. and I imagine that you've had other readers that have enjoyed it as well. I'm uh, close to a thousand reviews on that one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's very humbling. It's almost a pain to me to see people review uh, Black Badger Society because it's so beloved. And I have another story. It's actually a, like Sherlock Holmes and the Universal Monsters uh, <laughs> mashed up called... I think it's called uh, The Case of the Resurrected Flatmate. Ooh, okay. Good year. That, that one's very well thought of, over 100 reviews, uh, and it stalled on me. And so, you know, success breeds mm. of a pressure sometimes. Yeah, that's true. So which genre, or I don't know if that's the right word, what... What did you start with? Did you start with Harry Potter? Did you start with something else? Because I know that you have a lot of different stories and a lot of different... Right. Uh, it, I started with Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, and it, and then I got in with the Sherlock Holmes group. I, I watched this uh, Sherlock Holmes movie, and it really did a different take on, on uh, Watson character. And mm. uh, so I started really... My stories, I found a way to make my stories more Watson centric than Sherlock Holmes centric, but still be a Sherlock Holmes story. As a matter of fact, I wrote a series, uh, where Watson is the main detective. Wow. It's called, uh, Dr. John Watson, uh, police surgeon Scotland Yard. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like five installments, but all of them are like individual stories. Mm-hmm. Fit into a book. That's the one I think someday I might be able to get published, but I just haven't had the energy. Uh, but yeah, uh, I started out Harry Potter. I went to Sherlock Holmes. Uh, along the way, I, I wrote what's become a very popular fan fiction on Big Bang Theory. I knew Big Bang was in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read that one yet, but uh, that that one's actually got a lot of reviews too. And now that Amy Farrah Fowler's showed up. I am very delighted with her, but there was a time where it seemed like Sheldon and Penny were getting together, and uh seemed like that was a logical progression of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a story based on that, the only way I could see it happening, but it was like a retelling of a Pygmalion. Okay. It was called the Reverse Pygmalion Paradox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but then I, I went back to her. I'm trying to imagine a Reverse Pygmalion. <laughs> Well, I'm if failing. Henry was the one, if Henry Higgins was the one that needed to go to the ball. Oh. Uh, Henry Higgins huh. being Sheldon. Does that make sense now? Sort of, yes. Not that I watch <laughs> Big Bang Theory, but the rest of it does, yes. Right, right. Uh, but then I went back to Harry Potter for a little while, uh, after Magic, a prequel to, uh. Is that your, the, is that the Percy one? I was just looking for that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it's, it it's is. actually posted before Year of the Badger. Um, yeah, that one was really good. I went and read that one. Yeah. After we recorded. And well, see, I just love per- Percy Weasley. I just love the character. He's the only Weasley I felt like who really had uh, 
something you could sink your teeth into because he was like the Weasley that stepped away from the family and made a mistake and then came back and it was like a tell of redemption there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just, he was, uh, he was the one that inspired me to write it. And plus, you know, I, he's Albus's favorite uncle, which kind of surprised me. <laughs> I've got a few reviews on that. Huh? Why would Percy be Albus's favorite uncle? I'm like, oh, well, Albus is someone who worries about everything and tries to, you know, dot every I and cross his T. Yeah, he would relate very well to Percy. Yeah. Uh, and Percy and, should have been a Slytherin. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I think I think the fact that uh, Percy is kind of avoiding... J.K. said he never became uh, the Minister of Magic. And I, I was like, the only way that would have happened is if he actively avoided it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Dumbledore. Yeah, like Dumbledore. And, uh, well, yeah, and I kind of see him as du- like Dumbledore. You know, Dumbledore was like, no, I almost had all this power at one point, and I saw what it did to me. And Percy could say the same thing. Uh, I was right. going Sorry. after all this power, and look what it did to me. It almost lost me my family. It almost lost me. So I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you need to take that call? No, that wasn't a call. That was a that was a alarm. Oh, okay. Turned off. Uh, but you know that, that's the that's the reason I thought him he and Albus would be very along the same lines. Uh, plus, the fact is, you know, I I I really think that fan fiction does Percy a real disservice. Mm-hmm. He's often the one lecturing people and doing stuff like that, and I'm like, I just don't see that being where his natural progression would go. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. In the last chapter, he was he was like lecturing somebody on broom safety in the fog, you know. <laughs> yeah, cauldron bottoms. <laughs> right, right. The first story that we're doing for our next season uh-huh. features Percy. Well, it it's basically Fred had a child that he didn't know about yeah. when he died, and so when the child is eleven, he goes to find George. But in the story, they give Percy a yo-yo. And when he was little, he found a yo-yo that his dad had, and he could work it, and he just thought that was the neatest thing, and then, you know, his brother took it away from him or whatever. And just watching him light up with this yo-yo was so neat to see. So it's, you know, I like to see Percy when he's created nicely. One thing I like uh, after Magic was him actually having a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, how in the world could Percy ever have a romantic relationship? But I don't know. Like, Joe says he did. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, he has two two, two girls, right? So some <laughs> Poor Percy married somebody named Audrey. So I mean, he, he had a relationship somehow. But <laughs> I, I thought it'd be somebody who just uh, kind of has been with all the wild wizards and is tired of that. And oh, here's this you know stayed mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff shirt over here at. Uh, with a little sparkle in his eye because he is a Weasley. And I, I thought, well, somebody would appeal to that. So, you know, but anyway, I, we're way, way, way off topic, I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're good at that, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chase another rabbit hole. <laughs> we're, we're chasing rabbit holes. We're way on course. So I always like to ask what an author needs when they write. So, do you write on the computer? Do you write longhand? Do you have to be in a certain room? Can you be anywhere? Do you have to have a drink with you or certain foods? You know, what what kind of routine do you have? Well, that's one thing I need to get back to. 
one of the things that I, I think kind of contributed to me losing my writing touch for a while is I was living a house that I partially owned, but uh, I, I was pretty pretty much relegated to one little small room in the house. And uh, because of that, that's kind of where I stayed. It was a pretty miserable situation, but I moved. But when I was in that little room, stuck in that room day after day, I was able to write. Mm-hmm. So only place I could go. But then I moved out and I got it uh, my own place, and I've got plenty of room, plenty of space. I can write anything I want, and uh, it's like I'm having trouble writing again. <laughs> so, in a way, I think what I need to do is I just need to pick a room in the house and make that my writing room and lock myself in, you know? Yeah. Uh, or or maybe move somebody in that you know I can be miserable again. Maybe that'll bring my. <laughs> That doesn't sound good. We don't want you to be miserable. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've told people my muse is a uh, picture Rick Simon from the 80s, Simon and Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he, he wears jean cut-off shorts, smokes bad bad uh, Cuban cigar knockoffs, and uh, drinks beer all day, hanging out a landlocked boat in my driveway. You know? <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, I totally get that. That, that's my muse. I mean, I, I, he's distinctly male. Uh, I think that comes out of my writing. But uh, he's taking his cigars elsewhere, and he's somewhere south of the border. And I'm hoping one of these days he'll... he'll you need to coax him back. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I still write. I just haven't been able to finish very many projects. I'm I'm still trying to get back into it. Uh, but I... Uh, what I need to write is basically just just to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I need to do to write. And I write on a computer. I uh, use a word processor uh, computer mainly because uh, writing longhand, mm-hmm. my hand I get really bad cramps, and I just can't get down the information out of my head fast enough. With a computer, I can do that, and it's legible. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I can spell check as I go. <laughs> <laughs> Have it automatically check for you. Yeah, it was just helpful. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, that's what I prefer. Okay, it's good to know. It's always fun to to ask people that question because there's so many different answers. We have one, we had one author that said that she kept sticky notes in the bathroom because she got all of her best ideas in the shower, <laughs> and she'd have to leave, you know. Stick her hand out and try to write, not get it too uh-huh. wet while she was writing. That's so the best thing uh, ideas I've gotten, uh, I've got a dead end job that I go to, and uh, while I'm doing a, a tedious job, uh, I'll be thinking about a story, and sometimes I'll unravel in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my one of my best lines I've ever written just came to me uh, while I was doing something extremely tedious and boring. <laughs> And, you know, maybe, maybe that's what I need to do. I just need to do, go do something tedious, you know, and just let my brain get bored enough that it starts working. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're welcome to come here and pull weeds anytime you'd like. <laughs> I think Oregon might be a little uh, further than I can fly. But, uh, yeah. uh, your broom won't come this far? Darn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Where do you live, if you don't mind my asking? Huh? Where do you live, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, North Carolina. Ah. Yeah. It, it comes out every once in a while. Yep. Yeah. I'm on the East Coast. <laughs> you, you were talking about that. One of my favorite 
author series of books is, is his name is JT Edson and he writes a series of Westerns. Right. And he was a mailman in, I think London. Uh-huh. And he wrote the stories in his head while he delivered the mail. And then he'd come home and he'd well, write Well, thank down, God. I thought you were going to say he wrote as he drove or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> he wrote the stories in his head while he was delivering the mail, while he did his route, while he walked. Uh-huh. And then he'd come home at night and he'd write it all down. And he's, oh I mean, there's probably close to 100 books in the series. Well, right, right. so. Well, there's a Anthony Trollope uh, was a. Worked with with the male too, uh, and he wrote gigantic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would uh, write precisely the same amount of words a day, and if that ended the book, he would close off that book and then start another start one. Start a new one. And uh, he would write books that were like thousand page books. Yeah. You know, uh, Stephen King was talking about being in all of them, but he would do that. He was a, uh, I think he was the postmaster. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, evidently that works for some people <laughs> <laughs> well you know if when you're doing something i i know if i'm doing if i want to work on a story then yeah. i go out and and do something in the garden and i leave my headphones off because usually i'm listening to a podcast or, or a book yeah but if i want to really work on a story then i just go sit and weed and it comes to me and then when i get it kind of fleshed out i'll go in and write it so not that i write anything like you <laughs> well, I, I, to tell you the truth, I feel like I'm writing my best is when uh, the characters are writing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, that is really creepy sometimes. To be honest. I've gotten used to it. Yeah. It's always uh, interesting when they do something that you're, you're like, no, 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 you're supposed to be going this way. And they're like, no, we're going to go that way. And you're like, yep. all right, I'll just go along for the ride. Uh, like, like, for instance, when uh, the whole thing were they were trying to figure out how Scorpius was going to uh, get around his grandfather mm. and uh, play Quidditch for the year. And uh, that whole entire sequence of events that happened, you know, meeting uh, uh, Andy and then having uh, Narcissa come into it. To tell you the truth, the whole exchange between those two ladies was completely, totally took me by surprise. Yeah. And if you go back, there is a lot said between those two women that that's not even on the page. Uh-huh. But the, mm-hmm. the subtext was just so gorgeous. I still go back and read it, and it's like somebody else wrote it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I was like, these two people, the history between them, you know, and what? And I was like, why in the world? What in the world would happen if those two came back in proximity? The, the whole, uh, the whole chant. Yeah, to yeah. bring Narcissa back, the, the black family tree blood chant that would bring uh, any black family member that they called. Right. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, that 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 was just kind of came came from nowhere. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that either. And the whole, I mean, even, even the wording of it just mm-hmm. surprised me because I, I was I was like, what would be in that chant? And I was like, well, Jewish pure, you know, be. Pure. I thought I'd be in there somewhere, and then uh, I was like, that whole pampered arse thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just came so organically. Uh, There's the several things that happened like that. It was just, Incendio, the whole chapter Incendio, uh, I go back and read it in all. I mean, I, I, I really, that whole chapter I was writing out of my head in another place. 
I, I still think I've got it in me somewhere. I'm still working to get back to it. But I really appreciate the podcast. Was, I, was there anything that you wanted to say to us or any questions, inside jokes, things uh, that you were like, uh, what are they talking about? <laughs> I've got one of those for my notes, and I don't know if it was one of people talking comments or a story comment, but I have a note on one of the podcasts about transvestite, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, you guys really went random uh, several times. <laughs> yes, we did. You're known for that. I, I, what I would do is I, I'd set my computer. I, I have a speaker system that works off of Bluetooth, and I'd just turn the podcast on, and I'd be doing something else entirely. And there's a couple times when I'd get back in there, and I'd like, what did they just, what are they talking about? A couple of the things that happen with the animals, you guys have got critters coming out of your ears. Goodness yeah. gracious. <laughs> Well, I live on a chicken farm, so yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I was just the whole pets thing, you know. It was, sometimes that would just come out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I got a cat on my, I got a cat crawling on the, he's being a bad girl. Uh, Alex was being a pain in the butt in the last one, because he, he <laughs> wants to roll on the computer and he covers the, the speakers. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, ah. Uh, Pay attention to me. Attention. And he is a Maine Coon, and so he's huge, and he can be mean. So moving him could be deadly, so you have to kind oh of be my. careful. Of- I, I can't have a pet where I'm at, but uh, I've adopted my, or at least my friend's Dotson has adopted me, and her name is Rosie, and uh-huh. uh, absolutely adore her. I got, I got pictures in my phone of her. I'm like a, a proud grandparent or something. <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous. All, all my like my wallpaper is her, and, and uh, my friend's like he's got more phones. He's got more pictures on his phone of my dog than than I than do. I do. <laughs> but I just love her. She's my best buddy. I just adore her. Wiener dogs are cool. I used to have one, and he was the best dog. She is just the most sweet natured dog, and we take her to PetSmart, you know, all the time. And uh, they see Dotsons all the time, all the time in there. And they call her, it's, we, we call Pet Smart her cheers because she comes <laughs> to the door. It's like, Norm, you know? Yes. <laughs> so like, Rosie, Rosie. And they, they just love her because she's just such a sweet natured little dog. Yeah. But, they're, they're wonderful. Yeah. You, you didn't have anything to say about us dressing up your umbrage weed in, in pink <laughs> cardigans and, and bows? No, uh, I, I, I really took that in the, uh, it, it was such spirit. A, it was it's spirit. Like a, it was uh, intended. It, it was the spirit. It was intended. I was like, average weed. Does he have like little kittens and wearing? Oh God! I don't know, but that, we thought it was that, kind of a good that, idea that, that they the had to. Was really that was one of those out of left field things. It just seems so right. I mean, it seemed like Neville's sense of humor. Oh but, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's odd, but yeah, we I, haven't even talked about Neville. Really nasty and and really unpleasant. And there was nobody nastier or more unpleasant than Harry Potter books. Nope. <laughs> no, yeah. she was. I think she was worse than Voldemort several times. You know. Oh, so. epitome. I mean, that whole thing about uh, carving carving the sentences into your flesh. Mm-hmm. And now we know from Pottermore that she invented the thing. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Wow. Which, goodness knows how, and I don't want to think about it, but 
Yeah, how she tested it. Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking that, that I was like, that. what kind of plant would be so nasty? And, and I thought, what's the, what's the three nastiest plants in the whole entire Harry Potter series? And then I was like, we've hybridized those together. You know, you just, this evil, evil, nasty plant, what would you call it? And then this came to me. I was like, mm-hmm. umbridge, umbridge weed. The umbridge and, weed. And so I, I didn't mind those comments at all. <laughs> they were a little out of left field, but I, I, I saw the logic in them. So. And, and, you know, we, we weren't saying anything bad. We just thought it was great. We thought it was yeah. a fun idea. So. Well, I, I love, I love the fact that at a couple occasions, you know, Neville's got a really twisted sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I wrote him, that kind of came out and they were surprised, you know, oh, we didn't lose any, any, many of them in the, uh, the squid hasn't been fed anyway, so we didn't lose any, many first years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, oh yeah, we, I don't have very much antidote and it takes a while, so try not to get stung too bad, you know? <laughs> I'll be in my office. <laughs> <laughs> don't bleed too much on the floor, okay? I don't want to have to clean it up later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just love, because cause that was kind of like Dumbledore style, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, says really awful things in, in such a distant way, you know, but I don't know. I, I've just been geeking off, geeking at uh, the fact that uh, somebody is still talking about this story after I've written it so yeah. many years ago, you know. And it, it's renewed some interest in it, which is... Well, that's both, great. Which is both good and bad, because now I'm like, okay, i got to get off my keister and start the... <laughs> yeah. Yep, we do that a lot to people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this, the second book is a lot more involved than the first book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Places I, I'm planning on taking it. Uh, like, the series is eventually going to go to America. Wow. And, uh... I, I, you know, and I have this whole thing about the Native American culture uh, being the root of the magic in America. Mm-hmm. Orion Cody is a character from the second series. He's also the co-author of the book that he keeps right reading. Mm-hmm. And he shows up in the second book. And, you know, that it just opened up. There's a whole other world yeah. that, uh, that's opened up because of that. And, uh, you know, I... I think I don't think I'm going to last seven books. It, it looks it's getting starting to look more like maybe five books or six in the series. That's impressive. For the places it's going, I mean, uh, if you don't write a big bad that's scary enough, you've got to top it. Top the earlier big bad, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, um, if you if you haven't read uh, a date uh, days that change everything. No. Uh, well, if you read that, it, it'll talk about the big bad, but he, uh, the name is Iodak. Okay. He's not Lord because Iodak means Lord. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> Somebody pointed that out to me. I, was, I, I, I come up with a name from somewhere. It just kind of came out of the, out of nowhere. And then, uh, he's like, well, that Iodak is like, uh, like a root word that means Lord in the Breton language. And uh, Breton's an ancient group mm-hmm. of people that, you know, dwelled way back, or like around the same, before the Celts. So, I mean, we're talking way, way back. Wow. And the Celts, the legends of Arthurian legend and uh, Merlin and all that came from the Celts. Mm-hmm. So this is somebody that predates them. And uh, wow. 
And so I was thinking, uh, you know, all this bad stuff in the wizard world had to come from somewhere. It's true. So, so I was like, you know, the more and more I went, it seemed like he's almost like Sauron, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, this is a pretty scary big bad. It sounds like a scary big bad. And uh, before it's over with, uh, and there's some characters that don't make it to the end that I, I, I already know aren't going to make it all the way to the end. Some very dear, near and dear characters. So it's just all writing it all down. So it's going to go somewhere. It's all in my head somewhere. But, all right. Uh, so we just need to chain you to a chair somewhere. Yeah, I just need to <laughs> go to a chair or put me at work doing something tedious and then give me a computer later. I don't know. <laughs> And but I, anyway, I appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, uh, well, we appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us because it's really fun. And, and I have to say that I am drinking eggnog tonight in honor of our last podcast where we talked about eggnog quite a bit. <laughs> okay, that worked. Yeah, well, it was at my store, and, and it my already the only eggnog I'll drink doesn't usually come out this early, so I was excited to find it. Wow. <laughs> Well, so. Merry Christmas to you, then. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> With my rum and eggnog. It's good stuff. Anyway. Uh, thank you again so much. Let make sure that uh, all readers know that if they have any questions for me or any comments, they want to contact me in any way, they can do it through the uh, fanfiction.net. Uh, okay. I'm very open and... Uh, I'm not one of these, this is my story, you know, blah, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. um, I I really, you know, it's going somewhere and it's all going to come out somewhere, but I just, I have to get to a place where I can write it down. But uh, anyway, thank you very much. Thank Uh, you. Thank you. Back to the consciousness of everybody. Uh, (laughs) For me to do this. Uh, Anyway, you guys. Good night. You too, and we'll say good night to everybody else as well. Okay. Good night, everybody. Night. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to us. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.